conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back. I'm your host, Deanna Chapman, and today I am joined by Jonathan Lally, and we are talking all about Obi-Wan Kenobi, the TV show, not just the character, but Lally, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me back. It's been a minute. I know. I am trying to uh, keep my head above water with work and podcasts. So as you and I were just discussing, I'm kind of approaching the end of this one. For now, I can always bring it back. It is my podcast after all. But, you know, this is episode 289, and I'm going to retire it at 300. So it has been a long 289 episodes. (laughs) Yeah, you could say that. That's a nice Nice number to end on, I think. But I'm happy to be here and happy to discuss Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. And I have to say right off the bat, this might be the first of the Star Wars shows that I didn't particularly love. Yeah, I had had my uh, feelings about it as well. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, and obviously the, the highlight of this was, you know, the return of Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. So we have these characters we're very, very familiar with, you know? Yeah. And we're covering this period of time that has not really been covered for Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I wanted it to be something a little different. Like when we see that Obi-Wan is basically being asked to find Leia... I was like, okay, that's a thing that'll last like two or three of the episodes. I wasn't expecting it to be all six. How did you feel about that storyline kind of taking up so much time? You know, I thought it made sense given uh, I think everyone expected it to be based on the trailers, a Luke Skywalker show. And it actually made a lot more sense to have it be a Leia show, just given the fact that when we introduce these characters in Star Wars A New Hope, they clearly have some sort of defined backstory and yet we never really talk about that. We never talk about, okay, well like why did Leia reach out to Obi-Wan Kenobi? So even though it was a little bit of a misdirect, um, I thought it made sense. That was, uh, honestly the least of my, uh, problems with the actual (laughs) show at large. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think it actually made like out of the grand scheme of things that I, either liked or had issue with that one actually made a lot of sense uh as soon as it started unraveling and and unfolding in the show to me at least yeah and i think just for me personally i would have loved to have that take you know three episodes there and then we kind of just spend more time with obi-wan and sort of the challenges that came with him coming out of hiding because we do see some of that but so much of it is focused on saving leia that I feel like it kind of undercuts Obi-Wan and he isn't able to really get all that much of the story about him. Instead, it's about Leia and we obviously have Moses Ingram as Reva slash third sister. We have the Grand Inquisitor. Right. You know, Han from Fast and Furious is just in this briefly. Right, right. I, I did like some of these cast additions like Rupert Friend as the Grand Inquisitor, you have Kumail as Haja, you have O'Shea Jackson Jr. in this. Like the cast is really solid and 
because we saw Leia all six episodes, it maybe didn't, for me again, personally, it just didn't feel like any of the other characters really got to shine quite as much as Leia did, which... Yeah, that makes sense. Although I think, for me, the bigger problem was the fact that all of the Vader scenes felt the same. Yeah, I could I could see that as well. Like every encounter with Vader was just kind of like the same thing between him and Obi-Wan. And I was like, cool, we got like three lightsaber fights between them. Yeah. <laughs> and it just felt like it was the same all three times. And I was like, okay, it just kind of felt like the, t- the two biggest characters were kind of underutilized and given that the show is called obi-wan kenobi i didn't expect that much of it to be about leia (laughs) yeah i mean it makes sense uh to say that too i definitely i think the leia connection actually really made it feel like a tv show to me it made it feel like Mm -hmm. for some reason it reminded me of young indiana jones i don't know if you ever watched that but i did not yeah it just reminded me of something that wasn't quite good enough for a film but you know, I think I had read something the other day that said they originally planned for it to be three films, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I could actually see, I felt like they had maybe one film's worth of good content yeah. in this whole show. Same. Um, there was a lot of filler, in my opinion. I know I'm probably going to get crucified for saying that amongst some Star Wars fans, but, uh, <laughs> you know, there were some things, there were some things that felt very Star Wars, like just like the way I felt about the Rise of Skywalker. If Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker, was in my opinion the worst of those sequel trilogy, and maybe just some of the worst Star Wars ever. <laughs> but certain things in it felt very authentically Star Wars. Like Babu Frick, right. I always say is like one of the, one of the things that yeah. feels like from Star Wars, very very Star Wars. Um, Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, with this, with Leia, we got that droid. We got uh, Lola. And uh, I thought that was cute. I thought that was fun. I thought that the actor that played uh, Leia was nothing, nothing special. She was okay. Not to, not to say she was awful. It's hard with kids, too, I think, always. Yeah, it's Because tough. you can never really tell how they're going to play the characters. And I think the way they wrote Leia was perfect just based on what I know from canon because there was that moment in The Last Jedi where Leia's, you know, like floating out in space and uses the force to get back or whatever. And that really upset a lot of people. But I had read the Leia Princess of Alderaan book and in that book, which I'm not saying people who watch the movies should have to read the books to get all of this information, but that is sort of set up with her as a teenager that she's kind of force sensitive. Right. Yeah. So to see these younger versions of Leia after the fact, you know, like after the movies have already portrayed her in adulthood, basically. Yeah. I think the way they wrote Leia in this aligns with both just watching, having watched the movies and with the supplemental material in the books and the comics. So I think that worked pretty well. But like you said, I mean, the kid played it well, but it wasn't like Haley Joel Osment in The Sixth Sense or something, <laughs> right. you know? Right. And that's obviously always going to be a real tough act to follow as far as kid actors go. It's I just noticed like, you know, certain scenes where her and Obi-Wan are talking to each other, you see like the kid basically fidgeting with her legs. You know, like uh-huh. she's clearly trying to like stay on her mark and and uh, 
is getting a little distracted. I just saw little things that were like, oh yeah, this is a kid and they're an actor. And yeah. like acting is a very tough job. I won't I won't even begin to pretend like I understand what, you know, how much work goes into it. I can just understand that it's difficult. It's difficult to put the fact that there's cameras on you out of your head and pretend like they're not there. And obviously the really good actors can do that. And I feel like I just certain moments I just could tell that this was clearly a kid actor who was, you know, acting. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I could see, though, you know, that she was in it from it could have been maybe a two or three episode arc out of six. But the fact that she was such a big part of the story definitely took away from letting other characters shine for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm curious what you think. Uh, Were you happy with how much we got of uh, Uncle Lars and Aunt Beru and Luke? Or did you think that given the fact that we got so much Leia that he and Aunt Beru and Uncle Lars didn't really have a whole lot of time to shine either? I thought that was okay because, you know, we have a little bit more there. Sure, Luke was older when we met him, obviously, but I feel like we always got a little bit more of Luke's life out there anyway than we ever did of what Leia was up to before, yeah. you know, being part of the Senate, basically, or, you know, being princess. So I felt like that was okay because we kind of already knew what to expect there. There's not much going on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there's probably not a whole lot of story to tell there other than Luke loves flying. And they, they covered that with, <laughs> yeah. you know, him leaving some of the parts. And I think that was okay. It maybe would have been nice to have a few more scenes with Luke yeah. in there. And, you know, it's not even that I thought any of the acting was particularly bad. I know there was a whole bunch of stuff on social media about Reva's character. I thought the character was fine. Yeah, We get her motivations by the end of it. We understand her character. It just got a little boring for this to (laughs) extend six episodes. For me, I think I wrote something in my letterbox review. I was like, this could have been 30 minutes in a movie. Yeah. This whole like sequence, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There was a lot of extra that I could have done without. I also um, feel bad saying this, but like I didn't really care a whole lot for Kamel's character. Kind of took me out of, Okay. you know, it's just one of those things. And this happens in every Star Wars show. And even in, you know, in all the new Star Wars movies, I feel like, very few episodes get it right where they don't take me out of feeling like I'm in Star Wars. I think one of the best, honestly, one of the best directors that actually gets Star Wars, and I've said this before, is Bryce Dallas Howard. Mm-hmm. I think she truly gets it. She truly appreciates Star Wars. She she you know holds it in high regard, and you can tell in the quality of work that she does. I thought Deborah Chow did, Deborah Chow, correct? I think so. The uh, director of Obi-Wan. I think it was one person that directed all of the Obi-Wan episodes. You know, there were bits and pieces that felt very Star Wars, but uh, a lot of filler. And like you said, it didn't have to be six episodes. It probably could have been three or, a, you know, if you think about it, three would have been about the size of a movie, three or four episodes. But, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, there were definitely some episodes that were worse than others. Uh and that happens in all the Star Wars shows. And and to an extent, you know, Dis- uh, Disney's had that problem with some of the Marvel shows, too. So ultimately, though, I know that I am 
one of many fans watching these shows. So I'm just one opinion. But yeah, it wasn't, you know, wasn't anything really to write home about. Also, uh, you know, skipping, I guess, a little bit ahead. They built up this whole thing like we were going to get a whole bunch of Qui-Gon Jinn and then we get <laughs> just a really whack-ass cameo at the end. It's really short. Yeah. I felt like that was kind of a cop-out. Would have liked some more Liam Neeson. I felt like they set up some really interesting threads to talk about some older, more fan-beloved characters like uh, something Voss. He talks about him. He sees uh, not Eric Voss from New Rockstars. I'm talking about <laughs> Voss. Uh but it was like a fan favorite character that had shown up in one of the prequels, I believe, and was a uh, character in the either expanded universe or some of the books or something like that. But they they hinted towards a bunch of these characters that had shown up in other places and some of the animated stuff and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I felt like, you know, they came really close in certain parts and then certain things just fell extremely far. Yeah, it felt like they hyped up a lot more stuff happening in this than there actually was because we start with Obi-Wan in hiding. Yeah. And basically the six episodes is him, one, trying to get Leia back. Yeah. And two, finding out that Vader is Anakin and obviously therefore still alive. And that kind of felt like that was it. Yeah. And it was like stretched out over six episodes. <laughs> so Yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, for me, that's exactly what it was. Oh, and we got an interesting, I did like the uh, flea cameo in the first <laughs> episode or yeah. two. I uh, thought that was kind of, he always shows up in everything. But there's just not, you know, just like thinking about the show, there just isn't a whole lot that stands out to me. I think, um, I think the last fight between him and Vader, I actually really did enjoy the scene where Obi-Wan basically gets his butt kicked by Vader because he's mm-hmm. kind of out of out of practice, right? And I thought that was yeah. kind of nice. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think it had its moments, but um, there was just so much filler and just so much unnecessary stuff. Uh, I thought the whole, oh, I want to mention, and it's funny, you know, I, I mentioned this online and then someone pointed out to me that actually Star Wars has a great history of being kind of camp, but that I think it was the Mm -hmm. fourth episode, whatever episode where Obi-Wan Kenobi tries to sneak Leia out in his Imperial coat. (laughs) Remember? (laughs) And um, I remember just the internet having a field day with that one. But if you think about it, like even though that was so silly and it felt so out of place, like Star Wars kind of has a history of that. Like if you think about like the whole trash compactor scene or, um, you know, where Han Solo is like, everything's fine, everything's good, and then he shoots out the intercom. Um, mm-hmm. These are all things that are kind of camp. Even Boba Fett's quote-unquote death, you know, in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> like... exactly. There's a lot of things that, like, as much as I laugh at that scene about, you know, Leia being sh- stuffed inside the coat and trying to be walked across the Imperial floor, Star Wars actually has a pretty big history of that type of stuff, but it still just felt weird and hilarious i think some people just don't like to have fun (laughs) (laughs) and i'm fine you know it was it felt weird but i i still and you know overall enjoyed it that that whole bit Mm -hmm. that gag i guess but um you know i one thing i liked uh, i think it was uh episode three when they meet tala who i thought was another that was a good character but we didn't we didn't get enough time with her really you know we got, got a little bit of time with her but one thing that made me laugh when they're at the uh, 
they're at some sort of like laser barrier fence and Obi-Wan Kenobi shoots out a, a stormtrooper who gets uh, sliced in half by the uh, fence, the perimeter fence or whatever. I thought that was pretty funny uh, and enjoyable. Yeah. But, you know, it's just like it's so funny thinking back on this and it wasn't even that long ago that it wrapped up. It was what, like a week ago that it wrapped up two weeks ago, something like that. Two or three by the time everyone's listening. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like it's been. But for me right now at this time, it's been about a week and, it, you know, it should be fresh in my brain. And it's just like there was just so much stuff with it that I just didn't didn't resonate with me. And I don't know. I feel like I'm one of those people that now I'm kind of like seeing why so many folks are like back to the drawing board with Star Wars, like start it all over. But I think that they did mention recently that new Star Wars content that's going to be coming out aside from the Ahsoka Tano show is like building on new Star Wars less, you know, my problem with Star Wars, you know, whether it's the sequel trilogy or the shows that we get, it's just so focused on making the galaxy smaller than it is bigger. You know, I don't want everything to be connected to the Skywalkers. It doesn't have to be. I think you and I talked about this briefly over text or a call or something. And For me, it's like, yes, Ahsoka is tied to Anakin slash Vader, obviously. But I feel like with her character, there's at least more to explore there because of that time she spent away from Anakin after she left the Jedi Order. There's a whole book about Ahsoka and her time after leaving. And there's so much that character had done in that just that time frame for that book that I think you can still explore characters tied to the Skywalkers, but the stories don't need to be tied to the Skywalkers. And I think I would enjoy that more. Like have Ahsoka and Sabine go and find Ezra, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, give us that show. Cause I know a lot of people after watching rebels wanted that. Right. And you know, whether it's animated or live action, I don't care. I'm watching The Bad Batch, and I think that's a fun time because it's not tied to yeah. the Skywalker stuff necessarily. It's happening within the same time period, which is fine, but... They're telling new stories. Yeah, the galaxy does not revolve around the Skywalkers, no matter how much they want you to believe it does. Yeah, 100%. I'd also really like to see them... I know you don't play the video games, but I would really like to see them bring in someone like a Cal Castus from... Uh, fallen order i do have that game i have not finished it so i'm not as familiar with you know that world necessarily but you know there's books like lost stars by claudia gray i think it is that just kind of explores the lives of these random people in the galaxy and it's just so refreshing to get stories like that. And, you know, in the comics and with the books right now, they're doing the High Republic storylines, which takes place, I believe, well before the Skywalkers even existed. So you could play with all of that stuff now because there is so much content there. I think maybe they're kind of using the books and the comics as a way to try different things and see what fans like. And then maybe we'll see those things become shows down the line we'll see and obviously like something like star wars visions is great too just because it's so different it's playing with different animation styles it's one story per episode you're in and you're out and it's just you get to play in the star wars universe for a little bit in a very different way and 
I really enjoyed that. So I'm glad they're doing more of that. Yeah. I am curious to see like what the new shows look like. Like I really am hoping that Ahsoka Tano is something that ends up getting it right as far as these shows mm-hmm. go, because I feel like it's just been so hit or miss right now. And I really am feeling my age just saying that and not like, <laughs> I feel like I'm not. And this is, by the way, I mean, I know you know this, you know, the audience. I love Star Wars to the point where I even went to Star Wars Celebration recently. You know, I went for four mm-hmm. days of Star Wars. And this is like coming from someone who has been very, very lukewarm, no no pun intended, on the <laughs> new Star Wars content that we've gotten. But in general, I love the fandom and I'm, I'm here for it. And, uh, you know, I am excited for Mandalorian season three. I'm excited for the Ahsoka Tano show. I'm excited. I think what I'm most excited for is actually Taika Waititi's movie. Whenever, I mean, he we're still so far away from that. Um, you know, I heard yeah. he hasn't even written a full script yet. If I recall an article I read recently, it said he was, you know, he's working on some other stuff first. But, you know, once we get that, eventually I'll be happy to check that out. Um and, you know, just like with all of the other stuff, there's bits and pieces of the Obi-Wan show that were really good, but it's just not consistent. It's just not consistent. And I feel like that is so hard to nail. And Disney has had such a hard time with this. Um, now, granted, once again, this is just my opinion. I've seen plenty of Star Wars fans that love the Obi-Wan show that have been all about it. I have not been one of those people. I don't think you have. But, you know, and I'm, and I'd rather have... I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm in that weird boat where I'd rather not have mediocre content than have it. And I'm sure some people are like, you know, I'd rather have any than none at all. And I'm like, no, I don't feel that way. (laughs) Like, I personally like if I see a bad sequel, it almost makes me try and pretend like it never happened, you know, and that the original (laughs) movie is all we got. And uh, yeah, I just felt like uh, there was a lot of weirdness in this show and uh, just didn't resonate with me. I guess so um unfortunate but true yeah and on a similar note you know it's not just star wars like for you and i we're watching the star wars stuff we're watching the marvel stuff you know we're probably trying to catch as many pixar movies as we can just because we like a lot of the stuff that disney happens to own and it is way too much like miss marvel and obi-wan overlapping and coming out the same day even just having two shows kind of running at the same time for two or three weeks i was like this is too much and at the same time you had stranger things dropping umbrella academy season three dropped and so many other things and it's like there is no breather anymore for fans like you and i who want to try to keep up with stuff week to week and i was texting a group of friends and I was like, I think Miss Marvel is the last show that I'm going to try to keep up with week to week because it's probably after this, the last one that I'm doing for the podcast. You know, we still have She-Hulk coming up. We have the Andor TV show starting at the end of August. So those two are going to be running together because She-Hulk starts in August. You know, the Thor movie is coming out a week from the day we're watching this some people have already gone to the premiere and it's just like an onslaught of disney content and it's like yes i'll watch it all eventually but if they're gonna keep 
doing, you know, roughly six episodes, I'll just like binge it on a Saturday or something, you know, and just kind of knock it all out in one day because trying to keep up with everything week to week and keep it all straight. And like you said, we've kind of already forgotten half of this show. Yeah. Which is not, you know, I mean, that could also be said. I was also, one thing I should point out is that shortly after returning from Star Wars Celebration, where I was, I was privileged enough and, and fortunate enough to get an early invite to see the show, uh, the first two episodes. I don't know. It ended up being like an hour or two before it ended up going online. And uh, when I got back, I contracted COVID, <laughs> Star Wars Celebration. Thank you, Star Wars Celebration, for giving finally yep. two and a half years, no COVID, finally got it. So I feel like a lot of the stuff happened, you know, a lot of the, you know, even after my 10 days of, you know, isolation and everything, I was very tired and I just don't, I, I also could chalk up a lot of what we're talking about, about me forgetting a lot of it to COVID brain. I didn't have COVID brain, so I don't have the same excuse. I probably have podcast overload brain, which is a whole <laughs> separate issue. But I typically want to talk about the things that I liked on this podcast. You know this. We kind of struggled with The Rise of Skywalker when we did that roundtable episode, I think. It's fair to say that <laughs> most of us who were on that episode did not love it. And it's kind of the same thing here. It's not that I disliked what they did quite as much as Rise of Skywalker, just because that was a little too much. And I was like, we didn't need this. This, it just felt like, cool, Obi-Wan saved Leia from the bad guys, from her father, who she doesn't know is her father. She wasn't really the target the whole time anyway. It was all yeah. to draw him out. And when it was over, I was like, that was a thing that I watched. I mean, don't get me wrong, the way that it was shot and a lot of the set pieces yeah. were still really great. Star Wars oh, yeah. excels at that. You know, the, like the marketplace that they were in at one point when he finally, you know, ducked in and ran into Haja, I think. Yeah. And just all of that stuff still worked really well. I do think at times the show was a little too dark. Not like in tone, but literally like too dark <laughs> because of the night scenes. I it was like we were like trying to close curtains, and I was like, I cannot see half of what's going on in the screen right now. <laughs> yeah, I also wanted to talk about. Um, we mentioned uh, Riva a few times, but like, mm -hmm. and by the way, the actor that plays Riva, fantastic actor. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've seen yeah. Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit's fantastic. I have not, but the discourse on the internet about her character, it, it was all dumb. Oh, yeah. The internet, I mean, don't get me wrong. Was she my yeah. favorite character in the show? No. Did she deserve any of the hate that she got on the internet? Also, no. People are always, you know, Star Wars is a toxic fandom, just like Marvel and a few others can be, unfortunate. You know, we, we enjoy yeah. the movies, but there are definitely people in the fandom that make me roll my eyes and make me ashamed to be a part of it sometimes. Yeah, I think you and I are kind of cut from the same cloth with this. It's like, if we don't like something, yeah, it's like, okay, move on to the next thing. You know, yeah. it's not the end of the world. We'll talk about what we didn't like, like we are here. And I'll probably do that even less once I'm not doing the podcast. <laughs> but it's just like, I would much rather focus on the things that I did like. And, you know, obviously, I enjoyed seeing Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen back in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. But like we said, we don't need more Skywalker. That's not 
what Star Wars really needs. There's like a whole new generation of kids who were introduced to Star Wars with the new trilogy. And there are so many characters in that trilogy that you could do stories about. You could do a whole thing about Finn or Poe and people would probably watch it. And it doesn't need to be tied to the movies even necessarily. It could be the Poe prequel. You know, I'd watch that. Yeah, there's just, I, I don't know who's calling the shots over there. You know, Not whether, us. Not us. That's that's <laughs> uh, what I know. <laughs> I feel like it's very equivalent of like, get off my lawn. You know, like I feel like it's like, oh, this is my Star Wars. This is your, your, your damn kids, Star Wars. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, uh, I really hope that maybe we get some Star Wars content that resonates a little bit more with us in the future because it just hasn't been this so far. Um, like I said, you know, they, they, they have some great beginnings of ideas that they just can't follow through. Mm -hmm. It's okay for a little bit, but now, you know, we're in the going on third season Mando. I don't even think we're getting another season of Book of Boba Fett. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I would just like to see them try something different. I do. I, I did watch the trailer for Andor and I have to say that looks very different. Um, now, granted, we're just seeing a bunch of clips sliced together really fast. So who knows, you know, how true to form that's going to be based on what we've seen in the trailer. But that trailer looked great. Um, so I would like something different. And I like that character. And once again, you know, yeah, I don't think it's going to be focusing on the Skywalkers. I think it's just going to be basically the beginning of the rebellion. Yeah, because I don't think he even had met any of the Skywalkers, you know? So it seems like that'll be a test maybe for Star Wars and for fans like us who just kind of want to see something different, which I think is why a lot of people liked The Mandalorian because it wasn't inherently tied to all of that stuff right away. Obviously, we can tell when it's set and all of that fun stuff, but it just felt different from what we had seen before. And I think that was probably the right show to start with. But then they're like, okay, let's bring back Boba Fett. And even if those shows weren't tied to the Skywalkers, it's like, okay, you're going for these characters who are familiar. You want to kind of build off of stuff we've already seen. And I get that because it's IP. It's like, you know, Marvel doing three Iron Man movies, and now four Thor movies. It's like, they're going to run with the characters that people like to see. And I just, like you said, I want the galaxy to feel bigger. Yeah. You know, I think for those of us that have any experience watching the cartoons, and you know, I've only really watched Bad Batch, and I've seen bits and pieces of Clone Wars and uh, mm -hmm. a good chunk of Rebels. But I feel like the people that watch the cartoons actually already feel like the universe is bigger you know, because they watch those cartoons. Yeah. So I do feel very confident in the Ahsoka Tano show. And now that we're getting live action uh, Rebels, which is awesome, I definitely want to go watch Rebels now. You know, like I want to finish. I actually started picking up yeah. Rebels again. So I think I'm almost done with first season of Rebels now. But I've watched all of Bad Batch and I very much enjoy Bad Batch. So I feel like I know what Star Wars can be. It just would be so great if it could be that in live action. Oh, and one more thing I wanted to mention, <laughs> yeah. which I thought was a just mis monstrously missed opportunity, uh, missed opportunity 
in Obi-Wan was we got no Clone War flashbacks with uh, Anakin, which was just like we got one yeah. pre-episode two flashback, and that was it. They were like, here's here's some lightsaber fighting. <laughs> here's some lightsaber fighting and some weird de-aging. Yeah. Yeah, I would have liked some like, you know, actual stuff from what we actually saw in Clone Wars. Not saying like recreation, but like something that fell in that timeline, you know, in yeah. between two and three. Yeah, and I think that's why the Leia storyline needed to be shorter because then it would have opened up more time for that kind of stuff because like we said, we get a few moments with Obi-Wan and Vader and it felt maybe a little too few and far between for what I was expecting of the show considering how big of a deal they were making about those two being back and then it's like oh but we got to save Leia yeah they need saving so it's, it's just you know so close yet so far I'm really hoping uh that they they you know now that we know what's coming in Ahsoka Tano's show I'm really hoping that that or uh, yeah the Andor series uh, show us what like a consistently good Star Wars show could be. Mm-hmm. So I have, you know, I'm holding out faith. I, I don't know how how much faith I have left, you know, after and, and like, you know, everyone who knows me knows I'm a big Marvel person, but the Marvel shows haven't been perfect either. Yeah. You know, I think uh, on the topic of Ms. Marvel, I think it's a ch- very charming character, but I think there's so much so many holes in the story that has been told so far and some weirdness. And I feel a lot of these Marvel shows suffer from the rewrites that they have. You can tell. So nothing's perfect. I don't think Disney has quite nailed it yet, but they're, you know, they're, they know what a success is on their hands, you know, and I think you can tell by which shows get more series, more seasons. So clearly it does well enough that they're going to keep making more. I think they even said something like, They'd make more Obi-Wan Kenobi if people wanted it, but I don't see how you could. Yeah. I think that they told just the right amount of story. And like I said, even the story that they told, I didn't really like the way that they told it. And I didn't think that they told the parts that they should have told. But once again, that's just my opinion. Yeah. And I'm, you know, the old person here and, and you know, and now Star Wars is very much for a newer, newer, younger crowd. You know, just like with every torch being passed, right? And so... And I I mean, I think that's why they need to stray away from the Skywalker storyline, because that is rooted in so much history. What is it? Like 40 plus years of history of Star Wars now? And they're still kind of hanging on to these same characters. So obviously, Marvel and DC do the same thing. Batman is Batman, no matter when. He's always going to be Batman, except for when Dick Grayson is occasionally Batman. But, you know, those characters, I think it's it's a little different because they started as comic book characters and comics don't age. You know, people people don't really age in the comics. But when you are doing something live action, I think you have to learn to let go of some of those characters, which I think Marvel is starting to do as they bring in this new era with Ms. Marvel doing Moon Knight, they're doing these characters that are getting introduced in the shows. And then we'll see at least some of them on the big screen at some point. And yeah. I think that's kind of smart. And I hope we see some more of that kind of stuff from Star Wars in live action. Because like you said, the animated stuff is great. Like, I don't know anyone who really hates on the animated stuff after they've seen it. And, you know, Rebels is a very fun time and 
I want to say like 95% of the time has nothing to do with the Skywalkers. Maybe 98% of the time. Yeah. 100%. And I, you know, like I said, I think the people that are watching the animated shows, the only only complaint I've ever heard, which was a complaint that I had at the very beginning, but once you kind of toss that out and kind of work it out of your brain, the animation style, you know, so many of us are used to Mm. seeing Star Wars and live action. So seeing that type of animation style can be a little jarring. Uh, But once you get rid of that, and you get used to the show and the animation style, the storytelling is quite good. And the the buildup of the characters is quite good. So we know that Disney has these types of writers and this capability of like building this type of world. But so far, they just haven't done it in live action. They've just yeah. been phoning it in. So um, hoping that they take it, you know, a little bit. They take their time with some of these upcoming shows and just like really flesh it out a little bit more. Yeah, same. But of course, we're going to watch them. Yep. Because that's what we do. So, (laughs) you know, one show kind of being a bit of a low point for us. And there was still stuff that I enjoyed about Book of Boba Fett. You know, I love seeing Ming-Na Wen in pretty much anything. I think she always crushes it. So there's definitely good things to pick out of each of the shows, even if we didn't absolutely love them like we have with some of the movies. But Jonathan, I think that wraps everything I have on Obi-Wan. Same here. Same here. Thank you for uh, having me to chat about it. Of course. And like I was saying, only about 11 more episodes to go here. So we'll see what I end up covering. But I think all of the future Star Wars and Marvel shows will be ending after the podcast ends. But I'm sure I will get a call or two from you at least. Oh, absolutely. You'll you'll never get rid of me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you as always. It's great talking to you. Great talking to you too.